Influence Media. I'm blessed, black, and highly favored. How are you, sir? What's happening? I'm doing good. I feel like this is going to be probably, sorry, Grant. Sorry, Casey. This is going to be the interview today. Charlemagne the God, how are you doing? You're in Toronto right now, Influence Toronto. Could you tell us why did you accept the invitation and what does influence mean to you? Um, I, I like the city of Toronto. I, I was here uh, for the TIFF Festival. Yep. I was here for the Toronto Film Festival a couple months ago. Yep. And I just, I just like the city. And then, you know, when they talk about being an, an influencer, and yep. then I saw the, the other influencers that they had, I'm like, shit, I want to be a part of that. <laughs> Plus, the check ain't too bad. You know? Check's not, not bad at all. I totally, totally agree. What's the const, constant truth in your career? Constant. Like, you, you, you've always stuck to that. That's helped you mm-hmm. stay uh, true to who you are. Because I, I feel I've been following you for a long time. You've never changed. So what's that constant truth that, that's helped you stay? Um, one of the principles in my book, which is uh, live your truth. Live your truth so nobody can use your truth against you. That's the uh, Eminem and 8 Mile Theory. So mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, you say things about yourself before somebody else can say them so it leaves people defenseless but even more importantly it's just that when you live your truth you're just constantly being honest about where you are in your life at all times so Mm -hmm. like that helps you to never become a caricature of yourself you don't ever become like a a, a, like like just a a a character a puppet you know what i mean like i'm i'm constantly growing i'm constantly evolving i'm not the same person i was last year you know what I mean? I'm not the same person I was the year before that. And I'm constantly taking the listeners on that journey. My thoughts are always evolving. You know, the way I approach things are always evolving. So I think when you do that, like you're constantly growing and people just appreciate that honesty. So they're kind of like living living your life, living your life with you. Yep. Yeah. Totally, totally. And speaking of truth and being constant, because you said that a couple of times, is consistency one of your biggest quality? To be consistent and disciplined? Uh, oh, absolutely, man. Like, you know, like the Breakfast Club is going on seven years. It'll be seven years God, this year. God bless the Breakfast you know? Club. So, exactly. So, it's just like I look at what we've done over the past seven years, and I think that we've been consistently contributing to the culture in the right way. You yep. know, I think we've consistently contributed quality interviews. I think we've consistently contributed quality content. Authentic and organic content. Yeah, so I think that, you know, consistency is definitely the key. It's with anything. Consistency is the key if you're any type of content creator, you know what I'm saying? If you do music, you got to consistently put out good music. If you're a, 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 a athlete, you got to consistently have good games. Like, life is about averages, right? Like yep. when, you, when, it, when, when it's all said <laughs> and done. Basketball, everything, yeah. sports, entrepreneurship, exactly. averages. Exactly. When it's all said and done, they're going to talk about your averages. So, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just hope that, I hope that we've been putting up enough points consistently that we have great career averages like when it's all said and done. And I think we've done that. So, yeah, consistency is definitely the key. When's the next book up? Next book is next year. Really? Yeah, next year. Next Already? year. Yeah, next year. Later, probably later next year. You know, probably around the fall or something like that. But um, yeah, because I, you know, I didn't want to rush it. Yeah. Because you know, Black Privilege was really successful. It was uh, <laughs> it was on the New York Times bestsellers list for seven weeks in a row. Um, Amen. It sold a, a a lot, a lot of copies. And th- when when that happens, then the book agents and the publishers, the publisher, they want you to come right back out. <laughs> and the book agents, are, the book agents are like, "Yo, we getting a huge yeah. check." And I'm like, nah, because I don't do things for money. You know what I mean? So I just, I wanted to wait until like, like, like God hit me with that, boom, this is where I want you to go with it. And he did. He, it. Around around June of, of this year, it hit me where I wanted to go with the book. And the book, were you surprised by the success of the book or you, you expected it? Um, 
I don't I don't expect anything, but uh, I, I I did expect Why for it to right do there? well. You know what I'm saying? I, I wrote because I keep a vision board. You know what I'm saying? I believe in vision boards, I and too. I write down my long term goals and my short term goals. And I did write down that I was going to have a New York Times bestseller mm-hmm. one day. I wrote that down years ago. Imagine so um, I'm not going to say I was surprised by the su- the success of it, but I, I I'm happy that it did what I wanted it to do, and not even from a sales perspective. Like I wanted my story to influence other people to create their own story. Because gotcha. you know? I always say I'm not an expert at anything. I just have some experiences and I'm sharing my experiences with people and hopefully you learn from them. And you know, when people come up to me and they tell me that the book had that kind of impact on them, then, yep. then, then I'm good with that. Like, you know, even, even now, like I see a lot of people getting like, um, uh, they're getting nominated for like, <laughs> for like book awards <laughs> this year. And I, and I don't see me nominated, but I'm not upset because I know that my book had real genuine impact. When I mm-hmm. go to talk at these schools, when I come to events like this, when I'm just out in the street and people are coming to me like, yo. You get that love. Black privilege changed my life. A black privilege, you know, motivated me to do this. That's, that's the validation for me. And, and, and you've talked about this in interviews. How has uh, black privilege opportunities comes to those who created been received by uh, let's call it what it is, the Caucasian um, following that you have because you, you do have uh, that, that following as well. Well, the, 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 the Caucasians that are open-minded enough to not judge a book by its title and, and, and read it, they love it because yep. it's just an American come-up story they at the end it. of the day. Yeah, and it's me telling my truth. I am a black man. I am a black man who thinks it's a privilege to be black. Uh, you know, I don't think my black skin is a burden or a liability. I think it's a privilege and an honor to be in this black skin, and I'm, I'm celebrating that. And throughout my life, the things that I've been most proud of have been being from South Carolina and being black. Like, those are my, that's, 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 my, you. that's my existence. Yep. That's who I am. That's your truth. So, you know, for people, for the Caucasians who are open-minded and, like I said, don't judge a book by its, by its title, they, they, they receive it. They receive mm-hmm. that message, you know. Uh, if, if you are a Caucasian who looks at that title and get mad just because you see the word black in it, then you're probably a cracker-ass, cracker-white <laughs> devil. Probably a racist-ass <laughs> bigot anyway. So you don't need to pick up my book. And I, I hear you sometimes teasing uh, DJ Envy about being a, a beige brother. Mm-hmm. I'm a beige brother. Yes, you are. <laughs> that is a fact, sir. Anything else obvious you want to state today? <laughs> well, there's another thing I'd like to... I have a theory, though. I, I played basketball all my life. I, I was fortunate enough to play professional basketball in Europe. And I, I have a theory that um, I think the solution for uh, black people in North America in general, not just in Canada, but definitely in North America, is I believe we need to shift uh, what we embrace. We've been embracing sports. We've been embracing music for so long. If we embraced op- entrepreneurship... I Real agree. entrepreneurship. 100%. Imagine that, Charlemagne. And I want, you, I want, I want your honest opinion about this because I have these tremendous—not arguments, these discussions—with my friend where I genuinely believe uh, visible minorities, not just black people, should embrace entrepreneurship as a way to create wealth. I talk about that all the time. I actually have a principle in my book called "Fuck Your Dreams," and the reason I say "fuck your dreams" because it's "fuck your dream" if it's not your dream. Because a lot of times, when you're a young black kid growing up in the hoods of America, the people you see who are successful yeah. that look like you then. are usually in entertainment or athletics Athlet- so yep. that's what they gravitate towards mm-hmm. you know what i mean but that's not necessarily your dream that's just something you see working for somebody else yep so yeah i absolutely encourage people to be entrepreneurs be architects be engineers you yep. know it was a point in my life where i wanted to be a psychiatrist and the reason i wanted to be a psychiatrist because i could open up my own psychiatric clinic i didn't want to work for anybody you Got know you. so it's just like yeah absolutely if we make that one little shift and start focusing on economics and focusing on how to create you know uh, wealth amongst each other 
absolutely, absolutely. things would change in a, in a heartbeat. Like, my, honestly, like Jay-Z said, financial freedom is our only hope. Period. Economic empowerment is our only hope because, you know, we, we, we have this, these conversations about uh, searching for equality all of the time. Like, yep. we want we want, we want to be treated equal <laughs> by the white man. Listen, man, if you are a white racist, mm-hmm. you're never going to look at it as a black person as equal. If you're a, a misogynistic person, you're never going to look at it as a woman as equal. If you're a homophobic person, you're never going to look at it as a gay, a gay person as equal. So why are we striving for equality? Like, we should be trying to get econom- e- economic empowerment. 100%. Because once you get, e- once you empower yourself economically, you don't give a go. fuck what they think anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and period. That's such a good point, Sean, because my father always told me, he said, Thierry, the day you're going to learn that when you walk outside, whether you're mixed, black, whatever, you, you as a black person, uh, because society sees you like this, you can't go outside and just say, you know what, today I will not talk to one white person. I Word. will not literally have a conversation with one white person. White person in 2017 could walk outside and say, I will not speak. To any minority. <laughs> and, and the day you understand that, yeah. you start to think like your book, yeah. Black Privilege. Yeah. You start to think, you know what, embrace what you got and just yes. stop worrying. You know what I mean? Be, be proud of who and what you are. Be proud of what God created you to be. That's the whole concept of, of black privilege. Like, you know, the, the word privilege has two definitions. Of course, one is, you know, something uh, systemic and a, yep. a, a set of rights granted to a and certain the, community. Yeah, yep. we, we know that with white yep. privilege. But then privilege also means an honor to be. It mm. is, if you were born a black mm. man, it's a privilege and an honor to be a black man. If you're born a, 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 a Caucasian woman or Asian woman, it's a privilege and an honor That's to be it. an Asian woman. Like, like, embrace who and what you are. That's it. And that's what the book's all about. Yep. Let me ask you two, two last questions before I let you go because a lot of people want to meet with you. Uh, did you ever feel like you deserved donkey of the day? Yeah, I've given it to myself a few times. And when's the next time you think you might get it? I, I, I gave it to myself uh, <laughs> last week, actually. You I, did? Yeah, because I've just been uh, having, you know, I've been watching all of these uh, different uh, sex assault scandals and rape scandals yeah. that have been going on in Hollywood. And, and I, I'm cool with it because I feel like you can never heal which you don't reveal. So it's good that a lot of these women are speaking out. But then I started like, for like the past year, and you know, I've been having these these thoughts about, you know, rape culture. Because, you know, you've been, you've been hearing this term rape culture and yep. sexual assault culture. And I'm like, damn, we was <laughs> we was raised off that and didn't even realize it. Like we yep. were literally raised 80s, off it. Yep. You think about the, 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 the music and the, the <laughs> movies that influenced it. Like you think about a movie like Revenge of the Nerds with a guy dressed up like... <laughs> Phantom of the Opera, <laughs> pretending to be the chick's boyfriend. That is borderline rape. That's not borderline. That is. You know what I mean? Or you think about uh, Belly when DMX was. Oh, um, big time. When, when the girl the called DMX's like, yep. wife. She was like, well, he yep. said we couldn't fuck it, but I was 16, so he let me he suck his dick tonight. I'm like, yo. It's a classic Snoop movie. Snoop Dogg right ain't no though. fun if the homies can't, can't have, have none. none. Like that the, is the Dr. True. Dre video when the girl was playing volleyball and she went to go up, to hit the ball, and they pulled her top oh, off man. like. Like yo, so true. we was raised on rape culture, sexual assault culture. So like, you know, you can't be afraid to unlearn hmm. all of the bullshit that you've learned in your life. So I, I gave myself donkey of the day for just coming to that realization. Got you. You know what I mean? And 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 what would be two artists or three artists that we'd be shocked to see in your playlist? Shout out to Saida for that question. Actually, um, for all the questions, she's awesome. I don't know, man, because I have a very, uh, I have a diverse. I have a diverse taste in music, and the reason that is because I'm from South Carolina. So being from South Carolina, growing up, we yeah. didn't we didn't have our own sound. Like you know how Atlanta has its own sound, yep. New, York New York has its own artists, yep. Miami, uh, Miami. Like we Atlanta. didn't we, we didn't have that. Yep. Not, not until later on, and we still haven't had a major artist. But so I used to listen to everything from West Coast to 
you know, of course, the down south stuff coming out of Atlanta, like, you know, the Dungeon Family and Master P out of New Orleans. And I listen to New York. I listen to West Coast. So my my playlist is very like diverse, diverse. Like, I don't I don't know. Like, I'm not one of these guys that's out here like, yo, hip hop is dead. Like, I be thinking hip hop popping right now. Like, I'm listening right now. I'm listening to Cy High to Prince, you know, okay. his, his album, um, uh, No Dope on Sundays. I'm listening to. I love Rhapsody's album, Layla's Wisdom. I yep. love, you know, Big Big Crit's album, you know, Forever is a Mighty Long Time. Like, I I just got a real diverse playlist. Like, I like R&B music. I think Sizzle put out an incredible yep. album this year. Sure like did. I, I love 90s R&B. I love some pop music, you know what I mean? I was a big Katy Perry fan until really? this year. Yeah. Shout I, out I, to Katy. I used to love Teenage Dream. You know, that was a great album. <laughs> Shout you know what out I'm to Katy. So I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what would surprise you. I don't know. And you know what? I lied. I said last question, but I got one more. Did you ever drink those bottles from Drake? No, you know. We're in Toronto. I gave uh, I gave all of them away except for one. Did you? Yeah, because I had a homie. My, my, my homie told me to save one. He said, in case Drake ever does come for an interview, yep. save one so you can pop that bottle with him. So, so I gave away all of them except for... One. I gave one bottle to, to every uh, to a bunch of my homegirls. Like all my homegirls got them. Like Crystal got one. Uh, Zuri Hall got one. I think we drank one. Uh, drank one on the set of Uncommon Sense. I forgot where the rest of them went though. But, but the you still got that one. I got bottle. one. I got one left. Yeah, I got one left. Are we gonna see it in 2018? I don't know. It's up. That's up to Drake. <laughs> I yeah. bet it is. Hey. hey. Charlemagne, thank you for coming on the podcast. Podcast is all about influence. Yes, sir. We aim to inspire, inform, and influence. And, and you're definitely, uh, in our opinion, an individual of influence. Thank and, you, man. And you said that you're not an expert, but I, I beg to differ. I think you're, you're an expert in, in the culture that is needed for young, uh, black, not just entrepreneur, but people that aim to do better for themselves. So right. I, I, that's, that's from me to you and from the movement that we've created. And we're blessed to have you with us. And hopefully you'll come to Montreal, French city, but it's still a good city. We'd love to have you down there. I'd love to be there. I mean, if that check looked like the one that I got for this, I'm there, my brother. <laughs> Guys. Thank you for tuning in, and remember, stay influential. Hello! Influence Media.